Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his extreme knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. Into September now here, and uh, it's starting to cool off a little bit. And we're going to have a conversation about brick and mortar retirement, some pros and cons of real estate investing for retirement. And you know, Tony, before we get into this conversation this week, speaking of cooling off, you and the missus went for an Alaskan cruise. That had to have been just awesome. It was. It was absolutely fantastic. It, I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody. To go up there and check that out because it, it's, I don't know, it's just like a different uh, world, you know, that I, I guess they call it the last frontier for a reason. <laughs> right, right. And uh, it is rugged and it's amazing. Yeah. And just the, the wildlife and the interesting thing about it, besides all of that, I didn't realize when I, when I went up there that Alaska is way bigger than Texas as far as land mass. Oh, it's huge. And and they only have 730,000 odd people. Yeah. Uh, if you can imagine. I mean, so the, it, it's sparsely populated up there. Yeah. You know, I mean, but it is so rugged that it, it's it's not easy to live up there. Yeah. But, my uh, in-laws live in Wyoming and, you know, it's a pretty big state too. Yeah. Uh, and there's like 500,000 people in Wyoming, right? Same kind of mm-hmm. thing. So uh, it's it's harder. It's hard living. But, you know, if, if you have that kind of temperament for sure. But yeah, I've wanted to do the Alaskan trip myself. Just, you know, uh, love seeing wildlife and things of that nature. Obviously go up to Wyoming and see the in-laws. As I mentioned, I've got some amazing pictures of wildlife up there, but uh, would love to do like the whales and things of that nature. So, Yeah. The, I'll tell you, the besides the wildlife, the glaciers themselves, mm, pictures yeah. don't do them justice. Oh, I bet. Because they are so uh, blue. You know, in pictures, a lot of times they look white. Right. And you get up to them and they're almost, it feels like they're glowing, you know. Oh, and wow. It's just incredible. We saw a glacier feels about 65 miles deep. And it's interesting how, how fast they're receding, you know, uh, they're receding so fast. I mean, the one, the couple we saw have, have receded like 12 miles in the last 30 years, you know, which mm. is it's like, wow, that, that is a lot, That's you know, wild. And, yeah. but it's cool to see. Yeah. I mean, if you really like, oh, like that kind of stuff, I, I encourage everybody to get up there. Well, there you go. So, I mean, one of the things, uh, if you need to have a conversation with Tony on on travels, he loves the travel. Trips. So, well, yeah, if you're <laughs> like for part of the retirement planning process is, you know, things to do in retirement. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely a great resource to talk about some ideas there as well. So he's seen some very cool stuff. But for this week, let's go ahead and jump into our conversation about pros and cons of real estate, Tony. Some people place more of an emphasis on acquiring real estate, you know, versus maybe funding accounts. Like you might see this, especially depending on your type of work, right? A lot of times you'll see this yeah. with, uh, you know, realtors or things that nature. And I mean, it could be a great tool, but have you seen su- people successfully use rental properties to create the rental income or the retirement income, I should say, that they need? By and large, I'd say no. And okay. I say no. And we, have, as a caveat, have owned real estate for probably 25, 27 years. And we started out with that dream back when okay. we started, before, before we started the firm, because we had nothing else to do. We had no clients and we acquired Single family homes. We thought, well, if we can do this, and we'll, this will be our retirement. Hmm. But uh, and and we migrated away from those and started building apartment buildings, and we and we still have those, and they're a good income stream. But a lot of people aren't gonna aren't gonna, I guess, probably own multi you know unit like buildings, you know, forty yeah. fifty yeah, yeah fifty buildings. They're they're more probably into duplexes, single family homes, and whatnot. I say no because 
I get a lot of a lot of things. People will say, "Well, I, I don't really like the stock market. I'll invest in real estate." And you know, I I think that's you know uh, somewhat legitimate. I don't think you should put all your eggs there, though, for sure. Number one, and number two is is real estate investing. While it can throw off some income, it's work. And I don't think a lot of people get into it and realize how much work it is. And if you get yourself highly leveraged in real estate, you're not making that much. And so I think you have to amass a large portfolio of homes or units to, depending on what your retirement income you want it to be, to, you know, to have that. So I think there's goods and bads of it. You know, I, I think it's good to have if you really like to uh, diversify a little bit, but I think you... You got to understand all the ins and outs, which is what what we like to talk to people about. Right. So, with that kind of said, if somebody came to you as a pre-retiree with you know maybe li- limited liquid assets, but a ton of real estate, is that something you would want to strategize with them on on maybe kind of paring some of that down so that they can build up that liquid side of the assets? I would. You know, depending on, we'd have to find out. You know, if they owned them all outright or if there's loans to be paid. And then, you know, compare that to the income that they're throwing off versus if you could invest it and say, you know, I don't know, get four or 5% out of it type of thing. Or if it was big enough, you know, maybe you could just live off of, you know, off the principal. But uh, yeah, I, I would definitely take a look at that. And it's, most of the time when we've looked at that, people aren't netting or, you know, their cash flow coming out of them is not that much because they either have some loans and then they've got turnover and they got to put money back into them. And, you know, at the end of the year, they didn't really cash flow that much. You know, they, they do some and, and depreciation offsets some tax, but uh, I definitely would want to take a look and probably have a conversation about if you're looking for more income, you may want to do something else or at least partly do something else. Yeah, definitely. You know, because you got to have some liquidity, right? I mean, real yeah, estate can liquidity. be can be a great tool, but I mean, you can't reach in the walls and just pull out some cash, right? Exactly. So, right. All you've got is the, the rent income coming in, you know, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Did you ever see that? Uh, did you ever see that TV show, Arrested Development? You know, I n- I never did watch that. No. Um, I, I don't. I didn't watch much of it, but I know there's a funny scene about that. You know, that concept that works well for the conversation where. Uh, I guess the father of the family goes to jail or whatever for I don't know what for, but the son keeps going and talking to him and saying that the family's struggling and needs money. And he's like, well, there's always money in the banana stand because they have like a banana stand as a business. Right. Uh-huh. And so, of course, the son takes that as, you know, well, there's always money in, you know, going to work and work in the business. Right. Uh, but he gets so ticked off at the dad for whatever that he sets the banana stand on fire and burns it to the ground. Basically, the long and the short of it is the father says, you idiot, there was $250,000 stuffed in the walls of the banana stand. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's a funny way to think about it. Obviously, it's TV shows. It didn't really matter. It's fictional, right? But think about that concept, right? You just can't reach into your walls and pull money out. And and so if you have too much real estate and not enough liquidity, you could be doing yourself a disservice, right? So You could, yeah. So just kind of bear that in mind a little bit. Um, What do you think about like home equity loans or HELOCs uh, in somebody's retirement strategy? Now, again, in the retirement strategy. It, it could be an option. Should they, should they need it? I think most of the time I'm, I'm of the belief I don't like to ha- to see my clients having a lot of debt uh, secured by their home. But if they need to, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to have a, a line of credit and maybe, you know, you tap it and you're borrowing, you know, pretty low rates, get to deduct a little bit of the interest, although I wouldn't do it just for that and um, have that just in case. But I wouldn't rely on it for, you know, month in, month out cash flow type of thing for sure. So I, I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, I'm also not a huge fan of the reverse mortgages, which I know uh, we'll, we'll probably take a look at. But um, 
I think reverse mortgages, and maybe some of this makes sense if you don't have any other sources of income and, and it's all tied up in your own home, you yeah. know, and you, yeah. you have to take it out. Now, for real estate investors, it's not a bad idea if you've got some equity because you could basically use that equity and maybe maybe help fund a down payment on another one, you know, or maybe use it for repairs, you know, things like that. But uh, again, you've got to watch it because it is dead at the end of the day. And even though you may not be saddled with it, you know, it it could be something that your estate has to deal with. Yeah. What's your thoughts on REITs, Tony? Uh, is REITs a part of the conversation? What should retirees or pre-retirees know about those? Well, the REITs are, are these real estate investment trusts, you know, so they work similar to kind of a mutual fund, you know, where, where you put your money in a REIT and it's pooled together with other people. And all, what they do is a management company goes out and invests in a bunch of properties. They could be shopping malls, although they're probably not the not the thing right now, or, you know, apartment complexes, things like that. They run the the, the trust and you've got more liquidity and you have shares of that REIT and you can get in and out. Uh, for the most part. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're going to earn, uh, you know, a good percentage of return without doing all the work of really investing in the real estate. But I find that most people, I, I kind of mention it and they just get this blank stare in their eye. They say, no, 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 I want to, I want to just own my own. You know, I want to, I want to be on the ground and fixing things. And, uh, but I think REITs truly have a, a place in a retirement strategy, especially if you're into real estate. Mm, yeah, great point for sure. Uh, tax considerations. Obviously, that's something that you're very focused on with your practice. How do tax considerations play into the decision? Well, with with real estate, you know, obviously you're only paying taxes on the the net rent income that you have every year, and that might be eaten up at least on the books for taxes, which make does make real estate appealing. Uh, so you're you know you have a, a positive cash flow, but you're not really paying a lot of tax on it because of the depreciation. That's a plus, but. The income is taxed at ordinary income rates. That's kind of a, you know, depending on where you're at, maybe a negative. I do like real estate in the fact of, unlike an investment in a stock where talking losses now for just a minute, you know, if you lose, uh, you know, money on a stock, you can only deduct up to 3000 bucks a year against other income in, in real estate. You can deduct up to $25,000 of loss. So if you have a bad year, you know, you can take advantage of tax laws a little more more leniently than if you just sold a stock. Mm-hmm. But you go over to the investment side, just a stock, and you sell it for a gain. You know, the max capital gains right now um, is 20%. A lot of them, depending on your income, might be only 15 So you 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 have a little bit of a tax advantage there. So gotcha. a couple pluses and, and minuses on both sides. Okay. All right. And then the final piece here to consider, when we're, again, we're talking pros and cons of, of real estate. You mentioned earlier, reverse mortgages. Now, once upon a time, like this is, you know, just like a annuities or even sometimes insurance, right? Or even used cars, right? Uh, There's that kind of, oh, there's this, you know, kind of negative connotation to uh, the people that maybe sell these types of things and the types of products that they are. But just like annuities in the last 10 years, they've made, you know, major changes. Uh, And so this could maybe be a potential, uh, you know, idea for someone to use, uh, depending on their scenario and their option. Like for me, Tony, we only have one child and she's in the Navy. Uh, she says she has no plans to return here where she grew up. She has no plans to live here, you know, so what do we do with the place? Right. So maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's worthwhile for us to do something like that, you know, and when we're both gone, so be it. So I don't know. What's your thoughts? Yeah. I, I think just like you said, they do have a place. It was kind of like, you know, some of those other back in the day, they were kind of considered shady, you know, the back back room deals. They have come a long way. They they are, you know, for the most part on on the up and up, I should say. I think they're more viable, like like you were talking about in your situation. I had a 
an aunt who was elderly and she didn't have a lot of money, just living on social security. And mm-hmm. she did a reverse mortgage and it worked well for her before she died because it gave her the income that she needed and, and desperately wanted. Right. And uh, she had to make those, those loan payments, you know, cause the reverse mortgage works. You don't have to pay it back until you die, you know, and yeah, they then, sell and the house to recoup their, their the money. House. Right. Yeah. Now they don't loan you a hundred percent of the value. You only get a portion and there are some fees. So you sure. got to make sure you, Look into that and make sure that you understand it all. But in certain cases, I, I wouldn't frown upon them. Now, I don't think they're right for everybody. Either, no, but, right. You know, yeah, like you're saying. I mean, I think if you've done a good job for saving for retirement, it may not even be something that's on your radar. But for those who exactly. maybe haven't, or maybe they even have, but they decided, you know, hey, due to our situation where nobody wants the place, you know, hey, maybe we can get some more equity out of this place and, and, and enjoy a little more fun enjoy. in retirement. I mean, you never know, yeah. right? I mean, it's just multiple ways of looking at it. But I think the concept there is just like an annuity or just like possibly having insurance in your 70s when most of us think of it as something we only need in our you know 30s 40s or 50s when we still have growing children it's don't shut it down until you understand is it useful for me or not if it's not exactly. great move on right move but on. Yeah. it's a product that, you know that that serves a purpose and if you fall into that you know that range then, then it great. might make a hell of a lot of sense for you there, yeah there you go exactly all right well that's going to do it this week for some pros and cons of real estate uh, investing for retirement again if you've got some questions on how it's going to relate to your situation as always you know when you listen to our podcast or any other kind of program or read some things you want to see how it's going to translate to your specific situation all these universal things that affect us all uh, are all well and good in you know in general conversation but until you really dive in and see how it's going to relate to your unique scenario you're not going to truly understand how it works so if you're not working with a professional uh, and certainly if you're not working with Tony consider reaching out to him and let him know that you need some help and get yourself onto the calendar for a complimentary review go to yourplanningpros.com a couple things with well, lots of stuff you can do there's good tools tips and resources uh, you can reach out to him schedule some time get on their calendar subscribe to us on Apple Google or Spotify you can find the podcasting page there as well. Again, that's yourplanningpros.com, yourplanningpros.com, or just call him at 844-707-7381. Tony, thanks for hanging out, my friend. As always, I appreciate you breaking down some of these things for us. Good conversation. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm jealous. I want to go to Alaska. Thank you very much. So (laughs) (laughs) you got to get there. (laughs) I know. Right. So uh, we got to put that on the radar as well, but you have a great week, my friend. Uh, We are into September. So hopefully you enjoy the, uh, the cooling off and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, sports uh, football season is back in. If you're into that sort of thing. So folks, enjoy yourself out there, be safe. And we will see you next time here on playing with the tax man with Tony Morrow. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, SM. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through an Avantax-affiliated insurance agency.